Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Another episode of uh, the interview with Rome uh, tonight. Um, very special guest, uh, um, a brother I've known, you know what I'm saying, since I was probably since before I hit puberty. You know what I mean? Uh, we've been doing this uh, that thing. You know, we played on the same who put up team as kids. Um, so, you know, me and Jay, me and Jay go back like, I don't know, say uh, to probably about when we were uh, like 11, 11, 12 time frame. But uh, yeah, the brother I got to you tonight is uh, my man, Jason. Uh, he's got something very interesting, man, very eye opening for, you know, not just our people, but the people, you know what I'm saying? So uh, without further ado, I introduce y'all to uh, Jason. Yo, Jay, what up, baby? Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? Yeah, listen, yeah. listen, that's a hell of an introduction. I appreciate it. Thank of you. Of course, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? You know, like I said, you know, I can remember, um, you know, the first, like the first time, you know, that I met you, uh, got, you know, God bless the dead, of course, uh, Mac, you know, yeah. being over his house and then, you know, like my cousin Jason coming by, you know, we're just going to play. I think he was probably just playing basketball or two square inside the garage or something like that. But um, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There was the, you know this was the days. You know I remember you and Mac used to compete like in Jordans and stuff like that. I never really, but uh, my my folks weren't about to get you know damn Jordans. But uh, <laughs> but it was cool. You know it was cool to see them. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, like the, like to see the different shoes and stuff like that. But, uh, but of course, bro, I want to um well, I'll give you the floor and and just let the people know. Uh, who is Jason? Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, no, again, I appreciate that. And, and definitely, uh, you know, God bless the dad, man. Mac is, uh, the reason that we know each other, man. And, uh, he, he was an incredible dude, man. But yeah, so, so, so who is Jason? Uh, I guess, um, if I had to, to really quantify that, man, you know, first and foremost, I'm a father. Uh, six children, right? Uh, my daughter, 15. I got uh, two 13-year-olds, an 11-year-old, and then I got these twins. Uh, they're three. Um, so, you know, I'm a father first. Man, awesome. But awesome, bro. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. Uh, you know, and then after that, man, you know, who I am as a person is, you know, I'm a person who looks out and, and I see, you know, what it really truly means to be black in America. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've been doing over the course, really since my entire adulthood, is trying to reach across the aisle and just help as many people as I can. Uh, so, you know, outside of being a father, you know, I said, the second thing I would really use to describe myself as a as a caregiver to people. Man. All right, all right. Well, uh, of course, man. Uh, you know that was uh, you know, great way to to break you in. Now we're gonna you know get into like some particulars and then you know get into some more stuff. But uh, I want to say, uh, so where did uh, so where did you grow up, bro? Oh man, I'm a Tidewater native, Virginia Beach is on seven five seven. Yes, sir. Virginia. Yeah, man. Of course, you're a Navy brat like myself. You know yes, what I'm sir. saying? Um, you know, my folks, uh, we we moved. You know, we moved to Virginia in '95. I don't know when you guys had came to Virginia. I know like you, uh, Darius. You're all oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're born, yeah, born, born in P Town. Born in P Town. All right. Yes, so, sir. so um, I, I, I do. If I can recall, um, correct me if I'm wrong. But both, I would say, you, Mac, and Darish, y'all all grew up somewhat in Norfolk, right? Yeah. So, actually, it's a funny story, man. And I, don't, you know, I want to bore the audience, but it's one that's near and dear to my heart. So, yeah. um, you know, obviously, all of us Navy brats, man. Uh, Darius, Mac, myself, you, and uh, but when. Uh, 
the way I met Mac and Darius was uh, I was going to uh, school out there at the Naval Base in Norfolk. Me and my mom, we lived out in Hampton. And, um, you know, it was just a little bit too much for her to be able to try to get me to school in Hampton and have to be on a base at 6 a.m. Uh, so she found somebody that was watching kids. Of course, that was Max's mom because she worked with uh, Max's dad. Yeah. And uh, Max's mom started watching me when I was five years old. Uh, Darius, uh, you know, obviously uh, lived right, right out there in the neighborhood, so I've known him since I was five as well. And uh, we just became thick as thieves. I mean, as far as the world was concerned, you know, me and Matt were brothers. Yeah. And that's just how, how it was, man. And, you know, we didn't even feel comfortable introducing ourselves as friends as we started to get older. We either cousins or brothers, and that's the only way the world knew us. Yeah, I could, because that, that's how I met you. You know, as far as like, I just remember Max saying, yeah, my cousin. Uh, Jason's supposed to be coming, you know, this this weekend, you know, and that's and that's pretty much what it would be. It would always be like an announcement, like whenever you would you know, be coming for the weekend. And uh, oh, yeah. of course, you know, we all used to, you know, we used to cut up whether we was inside playing Nintendo 64 or uh, outside, you know, what I'm saying uh, playing ball or playing playing football, man, or chasing skirts, you know, however, however <laughs> it went, man. You know, we oh, did, you know we did as young young boys. Yeah, exactly. Then to have daughters, that karma's a bitch, man. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm avoiding it so far. Uh, boy, well, you know, I got a 14 year old man, so I'm right there with you with this, uh, this this high school stuff. You know, it's uh like seeing them sprout out and you know have curves and basically become a woman, man, and but still be a child, still a child at the same time. It's like yeah, that, you, that's where the struggle is. Yeah, that's you remember. You remember where, you know, remember when they were begging you to go to Chuck E. Cheese and now they are uh, <laughs> damn near uh, asking for money to get clothes and stuff like that. And I don't know how Christmas is going no, at your house. Man, my, my, my daughter called herself. She was like, look, you know, I want to go to the gym. Can I drive? Right. So that's where we at. <laughs> you Yo, know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's, she's driving me to the places she wants to go. So yeah, well, no, that's a good a, start. It's, it's an adjustment. Yeah, it's an adjustment because, like, it's, like I said, man. I'm, again, I think the moment I had where I knew that Kira was no longer my well, still always be my baby, but like, of uh, like as far as like a baby, I went, I took her and my goddaughter to the um to the mall, right, and they were going to get their nails done. And I just, I was like, I, you know, I just let them do do what they do, and I'm sitting back and I see my kid. She's sitting there. Like a grown, it's like looking at a grown person getting their nails done. I'm just like, fuck, man. I used to take this child to like Chuck E. Cheese and you know win all these games with her, and now she's, you know, she's getting her nails. You know, she's getting her nails done, man. Uh, and then uh, yeah, I let her drive. Well, um, I let her drive my mom's car. My mom ever hear this interview, she probably cuss, you know, cuss my ass out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, she, you know, she drove, I let her drive my mom's car, and, you know, she did well. Um, she did really, she actually did pretty good, you know what I'm saying? I told her, the only, the only like, I don't know if you take, yeah, well, you, of course, you got her driving you everywhere you want to go, but, like, that, oh, first, yeah. that, that first time, I was like, babe, you just don't want to panic. I don't care what you do, you don't panic. You you got my life and your life in your hands, you know what I'm saying? So don't panic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do not panic. That's the only thing I can do. And, you know, she was... You know, you know, you just definitely see she was stiff with the wheel, but you know, it'll come with time. And I think oh, yeah, she, I think she, you gotta get comfortable yeah. with it. I mean, I tell you, um, you know, at this point, we've only gone driving like four times so far. I mean, the time from the first to the fourth, man, it's you know, it's night and day, man. But you know, it's a process. It's, it's one that uh, 
she's going to have to perfect, man, because if she ever want to get the keys and roll up out of here, you know, I need to know that she's going to be able to do it, do it right. So, uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, man. All right. Well, you know, let's try to get into the nitty gritty, man. So what made you want to start your business and let the folks know what your business is, man. And, um, uh -huh. yeah, the floor is yours. All right. Um, yeah. So, so the business is, uh, make Africa home again, uh, websites, make Africa home again org. Um, listen, well, before I even kind of jump into that, let me give you a little bit of backstory. Okay. So, you know, my wife is, uh, she's an incredible woman. She, um, she's one of those people who she's very curious, right? And what I mean by that is she wants to research and understand, um, and you know anything that she she's interested in she she has to dig like she's a encyclopedia brown right and um you know a few years ago uh you know she really wanted to kind of get into the origin of black people right because right. When, you, when you think about blacks in america you know, we're the only race of people you know we, we can't really call anything home uh we, we can't say we're from africa right they don't really accept us so at least that's what we're told um you know, it's hard to be American, right? You know, you get shot dead in the street by the cops and, you know, very rarely, uh, you know, do they do they get prosecuted for mm -hmm. that. Um, so, you know, you're black, you say, well, you know, where am I from, right? You know, the Jamaicans who are black, you know, they want to claim Jamaica, uh, the blacks that are in Brazil, you know, they want to say I'm Brazilian. But the reality is you understand that, you know, we all come from somewhere and where is that place, you know? And, um, so I say all that to say, go back to, uh, you know, the research and, and really we started kind of understanding, you know, how that disconnect started to come about, um, how we started to kind of be disconnected from the continent, the, the, the richest continent in the world when it comes to resources and, you know, how we started to look at that place like, oh man, don't say I'm from Africa, right? Because Africa's full of poor people and poverty and yeah. AIDS and diseases and all these different things. And the reality is, you know, Africa is one of the most beautiful places in the world, right? It has the most exotic animals on the planet, um, most beautiful beaches in the world. When you start to look at Kenya and Tanzania and Zanzibar, uh, again, I already talked about the resources. You talk about the amount of wealth that that continent has to offer, and then you look at the people, right? So in America, I think well, 13% of the population, you know, in Africa is dramatically different. Um, so, you know, as black people, man, we, we feel like a minority, man. We just kind of feel like we're behind the eight ball. And, you know, so that, that's kind of how the journey started. Um, at that point, we said, you know what? Uh, as we started to really kind of hone into our roots, man, we said, you know, what if we were able to really bring people back to their roots, you know, connect them with the uh, abundance of resources that Africa has to offer, connect them with the abundance of people that Africa has to offer. Uh, you know, that's where Make Africa Home it was kind of born. That's where the, the, the idea, the concept came from. Um, and then, and then we created this company. I mean, right now, <laughs> what are we doing, right? We sell our hats, but we're not a hat company. Uh, yeah. John, I, don't wanna, I don't want you to get it twisted. Okay. Man. We sell hats. All right. Uh, but what, what we are is a, a company that is just a company now. Uh, got a 501c3 pending. Um, we're going to turn it into a nonprofit. Um, 
once we get this nonprofit going, I'm gonna start looking out there for donors. Um, what I'd like to do is start to put together events where we can uh, throw passport parties, get people who live over here, encourage them to get their passports, help yeah. them do it, right? Uh, we're gonna start to organize trips where we start to maybe look at Ghana, look at Kenya, look at Tanzania, look at these different places where there's so many resources over there and take entrepreneurs that are here in the States and connect them with those resources that are over in Africa. So now you're helping two people, right? You're helping the people that are over there that need jobs and opportunities. And then you're helping the people in the States who have businesses that they want to see grow. Because what people fail to realize is you, if you stop just looking at your own backyard and saying, hey, man, how do I make a business work here? Yeah. And there's an entire continent that's untouched, right? So mm -hmm. now you can make a business really turn and, and grow at an exponential rate if you start to just look at your own people. And uh, that's really what this company is about, man. It's, it's about creating an organization, much like what the NAACP did, right? But it's not about the advancement of colored people, right? No, this is about taking people who have been disconnected from their home and reconnecting them spiritually culturally financially uh with the place in which we all come from because if you got melanin in your skin i don't care what you say about africa my brother you from there yeah. and uh you know that's just the reality yeah man that's uh that's that's awesome man that's an awesome thing that you're doing right there uh, like i said for, not just uh, for our people but the you know what i'm saying the people and Absolutely. and educating us, you know, for some of us that, that may not even know, uh, you know, anything about Africa or our origin. You know what I'm saying? Because again, we've, uh, of course, you know, the, the the history that we were raised upon was definitely not. Uh, it did not, you know, key in on 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 our impact that we've had in America. And clearly, we wouldn't have America without us because we were. Yeah. The uh, you know, with the laborers, you know what I'm saying. We were the ones doing oh, yeah, no all pleasure. the work. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, so. listen, I'm amazed about what my kids learn in school, right? And 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 I say that I say let me put a caveat out there. I love all people. I love white people. I love Asians. I love black people. This is not about hatred of any group. No. But it's about a recognition of a reality. Man, my kids go to school every single day. And they sit in history class every single day. And as a black young lady or a black young male, they don't learn about their history. They learn about the history which literally strips them of an identity. And it blows my mind because I don't understand how that is even still possible. But what I've started to realize is just think of it was reversed, right? How do you teach that? You know, the white people that are walking around today, they have nothing to do with slavery, man. They have nothing to do with bringing people uh, from the slave coast and, and tracking them across the Atlantic. That's not what they did, right? So rather they have this privilege that they understand and don't understand. You know, the, they're doing the best they can with the resources they have. So I get it. You know what I mean? So it's really a, it's incumbent upon us as black people to, to, to do the research for ourselves, to, you know, educate our children, to give them a sense of worth, right? Because when you start to think about just the prison system, right? Where we're 13% of the population, 80% of the prison population Indeed. is insane. Uh, and, and, and I could be a little off on those numbers, man, but it's pretty yeah, close, the point. Right? The point is made. The point drives home always. Yeah. Yeah, 
so so when you start to think about that, it's like, well, what is that, right? Are black people incapable of being stand-up citizens? Are they incapable of, you know, making money? Are they incapable of staying out of trouble? And, you know, I mean, if you're a brother, I'm a brother. You know the answer to that. We're absolutely capable of it. But the odds are stacked against us. And that's when it's important. That's why it's important for us, you know, the ones who have kind of figured out how to navigate this world to, to reach back across the aisle and, and educate the rest, right? Because if we're not pulling each other up, ain't nobody else going to do it, you know? And it, it's a cliche term, man, but you hear it all the time. Uh, until all of us are free, none of us are free. And that's just how it works. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, um, well, now that we know what made you want to start the business, now I want to know how hard is it to, um, to start a business? Or start, or I'll say start particularly, how, how hard was it to start your business or how, how easy was it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, starting a business is, is, is relatively easy in reality, but it's hard. It's hard when you, um, you know, really kind of start to piece things together, right? Because we got to pay bills, right? I, you know, I don't, what I would tell anybody listening to this is if you're going to start a business, do something you're passionate about. Indeed, man. If you're passionate about it, it's not work, right? Because, I mean, what time is it, John? I mean, it's midnight right now. Indeed. We're chopping it up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I already put 12 hours in a day. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I know you did the same thing. So when you start to think about what we're doing right now, I don't feel like I'm working. But you know what I am doing? I'm promoting something that's important to me. And I'm passionate about it. So I have the ability to speak about it without it feeling like it's something that's taken away from, you know, my free time or my time to be in the bed or yeah. whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's difficult to stay motivated, especially when it doesn't start to yield revenue results for you but again if you're doing something that's passionate don't worry about the money the money will come just keep doing what what you care about you know make a difference make sure it has a meaning behind it and you know at the end of the day man you'll see you'll see that thing grow and you'll see it blossom yeah yes sir um so with i would say within the business um, or maybe just life in general, man. So what hurdles did you personally face and how did you overcome them? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're still relatively new, man. And, you know, even even in that new phase of where we're at, um, you know, there, there are a lot of hurdles, right? You know, how, how do you find the time to invest in this when you, don't, you still have your regular job out there, right? You know, how do you find the time to put the amount of work that it takes to, you know, bring something from an idea to a reality uh so i i think that was the biggest hurdle um and and the way we overcame that was just really believing in the vision of what we're doing you know it's a lot of mornings man waking up at 5 a.m you know putting on those hours before you go to your regular job and then you know on your lunch break you know calling and, and, and collaborating you know i do this with my wife i can't do it without her um th- this is our baby and um right you know, the reality is, man, that there's so much passion behind what we're doing. We, we we wrote out a plan. You know, we know what those steps look like. And I, I think I told you earlier in the podcast, right? Uh, you know, we're not a hat company, but we're starting with hats. So yeah. I'm starting with hats because we're starting with an idea. You know, you take that idea, you know, you, you, you we, we, we put it out there, man. We did a little photo shoot, you know. First, oh, I don't know, a couple hours, man. You know, sold almost fifty hats, right? And that's not a lot, you know. But when you start to think about, you know, just the reality behind bringing awareness to something and how you can affect that kind of result by just putting your idea out there to the universe. 
just shows that there are people that are interested in what we're trying to do. Um, and being that we're trying to create a business that is for the people, for the culture, and it connects the people and, and anybody who, who begins to become a part of this movement, um, they're going to become more aware. They're going to become more educated. They're going to see more opportunities present themselves. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Well, um, let me see here. Um, so knowing you, knowing yourself, I mean, yeah. What are you not very good at doing? Huh. What am I not very good at doing? Staying organized. Don't <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that'd probably be the biggest thing, man. Um, yeah, it, it's it's hard, man. Like I said, I have six kids, right? How, how do you stay focused with six kids? You know, um, that'd probably be my biggest area of opportunity. Um, but I tell you, John, what's crazy is I'm focused on the things I'm not good at. You know, I know what I am good at. Yeah. And what's crazy about that is, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, focus on what you're good at and do that better than anybody else. Nobody remembers Michael Jordan for the things he wasn't good at. They remember him for being the best basketball player to ever touch a basketball. Yes, sir. Who cares what he wasn't good at? I don't care about his gambling problems. I don't care about the fact that he smoked cigars, cheated on his wife. That ain't my business. Nope. He was the best basketball player of all time. When you think about that, man, that's what you think about. And we going so, um, I'm gonna hold yeah, on. I, mean, I, I want you to hold on to that Michael Jordan, that Michael Jordan statement towards the end of this. Just we go, we go get into that for um, <laughs> again for the people that's real like they got short term memory. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, Let's see what next we want to go to. All right, so tell me something, and based off of this, you know, the uh, I would say this idea—not even an idea, but what we know to be about the history of our people—that is not um, really preached in in schools. So tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. One were the original people, and everybody does know that, but nobody connects that to what that really means. Most people. On your audience, man. But oh, hey, you ask question, I can only speak. Yes, sir. One. I only want the truth, baby. Floor is yours. You can say how, whatever you feel. Well, most people believe in God, so most people identify with Christianity. But most people refuse to read the Bible. And if you read the Bible, there is something that is more prevalent than anything else because the Bible literally it delivers three messages: one, believe in God, have faith; two love is God right so if you don't carry love in your heart there's no way that you believe in God and three God's chosen people are the children of Israel the black people are the only people on this planet that fit every single prophecy in the Bible so he asked me what do most people not know or don't agree with they look at these Jews and I don't want to be anti-Semitic I am not trying to do that right. most Jewish people don't even say that they're It doesn't matter. Pick one. It doesn't matter. 
We are the tail. We are not the head. However, that shit is over. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> and because that time is over, there's awakening that is happening. And people are starting to understand who they truly are. And even if you're not religious, I still want you to dig into your soul and understand that just because you are black does not mean you are cursed. You are black. You are beautiful. We are typically the most athletic. We are typically the, the ones that are that, that show how intelligent we are. They soar past everybody else. There, there's something special about the secret sauce that is in this melon. And again, uh, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to go too deep into that. But yeah, that that's the answer to your question. That's all. Awesome. the Hebrews, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I truly believe that as well, man. So uh, even though we did get into some some biblical stuff, man, I'm gonna ask you this question next. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. 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 Shit. Damn. Fuck is the one. The F word. Yeah. That's mine, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I, I, you know, it's funny. I don't even, I don't even feel bad about that transition, right? Because again, it's about reading the Bible. Man, we're nobody in the Bible perfect. Yeah. You know, some of God's favorite people, man. You know, you talk about David. You know, obviously everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. But you know, what a few people realize is David was uh, so lustful after this woman that he wanted that he put his best friend on the front line uh, in war because he was the king to die in battle because he wanted, he coveted his wife. And, you know, this is one of God's favorite people. So, you know, God don't expect us to be perfect. God expects us to love Him. He expects uh, expects us to be humble in our hearts. You know what I mean? So, yeah, my favorite word is fuck, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, let's see. All right. Yeah. Well, my favorite word, my favorite curse word, just I, I, I get it from my father is mother, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. That's like what? motherfucker. Like, yeah, my, that motherfucker, was, my dad would always say motherfucker. Like that was that was his like or or he'll cut it off and be like, fucker or whatever. You know, so <laughs> F you pretty much F U C K A fucker. Yeah, man. Look, yeah, indeed, man. But I, I get to share his share his name. I'm pretty much, uh, you know, I'm. John Robert McAllister the third. He's John Robert Jr. So you know, love you, Pop. Uh, pretty much picked up a lot of things. You, you'd be surprised, you know, how much you pick up everything and what your parents have done, and realize how much you're you're just like them. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like you. Um, I want to say, I'm not say imitate, but you just pick up a no, lot no, of common traits. But, but, I mean, you, you you represent your parents, man. That's why uh, you know I'm so mindful of the man I try to show my kids. You know, I had my kids early, so yeah. You know, my early twenties, I don't know that I was the best example of a man. I was a good dad, but I don't know how great of an example of a man I was right um, but you know obviously I'm in my 30s now so you know I've learned a lot and uh, you know I just watch I mean my oldest son you know he'll be 14 next month you know everything he does man from the way he ties shoe I'm just like man you trying to be like me so bad huh <laughs> <laughs> he it all. Oh, it's true man. it's true I bet they, I bet they, uh, their fashion game must be tight, just like, just like you guys were back in the day. Well, I say most of us were, uh, back in the day, man. Hey, way flyer than me, man. Yeah. I don't even. He, he called himself telling me the other day that I fell off, man. Wow. <laughs> he said, he said, I remember when you used to dress like this and wear this and wear that. When you fell off, man, you're not even fly no more. Wow. Like, whoa, 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 wow. Whoa, whoa, I'm not what? Man, yeah, you feel it. You feel it, yeah, baby boy, feeling himself yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, you know what I told him. Now I'm like, look, I said, I said, what you don't, what you fail to realize, and it's something that you appreciate when you get older. My only job in this world is to make sure y'all straight. Yeah. If you think that I can have six kids and have y'all looking how y'all want to look and 
doing the things y'all want to do and, you know, going on the trips that, you know, y'all want to go on and seeing the places that I want y'all to see. And then I could do all of that and still realistic. I say, you you got the whole game messed up, brother. <laughs> you know, I was like, listen, the material things don't mean nothing to me. Y'all are my story. You know what I mean? So the better y'all doing, the fly I am. So yeah. he'll get it one day. Yeah, man. All right. Well, you know, you know, you gave uh, pretty much the background on the on the um on the business and stuff like that but what do you feel is your purpose in this life um so you know god got a calling on me man um and again you know it's, it's hard for me not to talk about god because of what i've been through you know a lot of your listeners don't know i know we talked about talked about my brother mac man and you know but what a lot of people don't understand is when he died, right? Uh, you know, my cousin was out there too. My cousin died that night as well. Yeah. You know, I, I was stabbed with the same knife that took his life, you know, four times in my back. I actually got to experience what it was like to die. You know, I was as close to death as, you know, you can go without going. And, um, you know, I think that was a wake up call for me, man. It was just one of those things where I say, <laughs> You know, I don't deserve to be here, you know. Um, so if I'm going to be here, I'm going to do, I'm going to make my life mean something that has some sort of purpose behind it. And, uh, you know, that, that that's what it is. And I just want to help as many people as I can. And, and again, that's not limited to black people. I mean, I don't care if you, you know, a, a Mexican, a, it doesn't, I don't care what you are. I just want to help people be better. I want to help people grow and, and advance, you know. Um, it just so happens that I'm black. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a lot of energy and focus into these black communities because that's what's near and dear to my heart. That's what I know, you know. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just want to help people. I, I, I want to see everybody prosper. Right. You know, God wrote the laws of his life on my heart, man. And, you know, I've I've figured out how to how, how to live and uh, how to have true happiness and, and enjoy my heart. And I just want to give that to as many people as I can. Yeah, and I want to touch on um what you what you just said, man. As far as like um helping other communities and just helping people in general, but starting with us. Well, we're not able to pour from an empty cup, and we're clearly yeah. you know our people clearly do. Uh, we need we need we need to build ourselves up, man, because we we put a lot of money into a lot of different communities besides our own. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, 100%. you know, you have the uh, the liquor stores that are in our communities they are probably owned by some uh, owned by Asians or owned by, you know, uh, a Jewish family. Um, we have right. like hair, you know, hair stores owned by Asians in our communities. There, that money's going back into the Asian community. But then, when it comes to us, some of us—I didn't say all of, not all of us—but some of us tend to like uh, want to get that handout. You know what I'm saying? Not not wanting to pay full price and actually, or even just believing and supporting your own you know what i'm saying like we're we've been like brainwashed to not support each other and just kind of like go for sale kind of like crabs in the barrel type thing yeah. you know what i'm saying so i think that's twofold right um and i, and I think the reason behind that you know it, it it goes back to slavery and the idea that you pick yeah all of us against each other uh because you know the easiest way to control a group is to have them not be solidified right mm -hmm. but the other part of that is naturally you know as much as we like to shine and glow and do all those different things i don't know that black people are natural capitalists it's not what we want to do 
how we do it when you really think about it, right? So, you know, you have, but what we have to start doing is realizing that, hey, you know, if there's businesses out here, let's support. Let's support. Let's bring our money back to our people. But on the flip side of that, you know, black people, man, if you open up a business, don't half step it, man. How often do you see, you know, a black business, you know, take a shortcut? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then what happens is you start to, you know, people start to see negativity and associate it with the entire black community. Like what black people have to start understanding is we carry a burden that's way bigger than us. You understand? Like everything you do, man, you're a representation of your ancestors, the people in your community. So when you make it out, you can't fuck up. When you have an opportunity to start a business, you got to do it better than everybody else. You get your corporate job, you got to be 10 times better than everybody else. And you're not willing to wear that responsibility on your head. Don't do it because your failure is all of our failures. And that's just the reality. Yes, sir. So where do you find um, inspiration? <laughs> inspiration. And I find it every day. Uh, I find it in my wife. You know, she inspires me. She makes me want to be better. Uh, you know, she's uh, she's just a dope individual, man, and I, I, I definitely would say that uh, she drives a lot of the power behind. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love how highly you speak of your wife, man. So, well, what the people, I'm sure, they want to know is, how did you meet this amazing woman? Yeah, uh, so I used to be in the Navy, man. Uh, so, like, like you went from being a military brat to serving, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I met her in the Navy. Uh, <laughs> At a crazy time, um, I just got divorced uh, from my from my wife that uh, you know I was with from the time I was like seventeen, um, and uh, you know we, we we just became really good friends, man. We were friends for probably two years before we ever called ourselves dating, and uh, we just built a bond that that really worked. You know, we get along. You know, that's my homie for real. Yeah, that's love, right? That's love, right there, man. When you find somebody that. You consider, you know, basically to be your best friend. That's really what you what you aim to do. You know, somebody that believes in you. Um, get, you know, you you can trust, you can confide in you. You know, you can trust, and you know, you guys take on the you roughly take on the world together. So, you know, I definitely exactly, um, and, 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 and that's how we feel. Yeah, man. That, that that Bonnie and Clyde shit is real over yeah, here. Yeah, and I and I respect that, man. You know, that's what we all want to strive strive towards having, and. And like when you find something like that, man, you have to do whatever you can to to really hold on to that. I'm sure, of course, you know, like we've we've had our our time to like again to be with so like again, you know, again growing up just talking to just girl after girl and stuff like that. But to have that one that like that stands out and it's just like, yo, I don't want I don't want to fuck this up. This is this oh, yeah. is this is the one, you know, this is the one for me, man. So I'm just think I'm thankful that you were able to find that for yourself and your family, man. And you know, I can you know, even just from the conversation we've had, I can see the impact that not only your wife but your kids have had on you. And I'm, I want to say definitely as uh, again one of your one of your one of your brothers from you know from from back in the day, man. I'm proud of the man that you've become, and I'm even more proud of the man that you're going to be in the future. You know what I'm saying? Hey man, that, 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 that's big, man. I really appreciate that. No doubt. And, you know, definitely, man. It's, just, it's the same about you. You know, um, now obviously you're, you're the one interviewing, man. But you know what you're doing is it, it, big, and you know I'm excited.
excited to see where you go with this. Yeah. You know, you're, you're natural for it. And it, it's cool when you can look back and just see people who you used to kick it with. I mean, before you even knew what you was doing in life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you know, see them out there, man, just trying to make moves and, and do different things. And, you know, to give people a platform to talk about, you know, what they're trying to do is a big thing in the south in and of itself man so and i'm very proud of you too man and i'm very excited to see what you got going on in the future bet 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 all right bro well you know uh get into some some leisure stuff right now so so like what do you do in your spare time when you're not working on the business you're not you're not at work you know putting in you know so many hours when it's just like it's kickback time what uh, what are some things what is what's something that you like to do uh besides drink no i'm joking um, <laughs> yeah man uh you know i'm a sports guy man you know i'm a, a heavy cowboy fan that's my thing this interview uh, th- this interview just uh, became over right now <laughs> no man congrats on that win congrats on that that was that was one hell of a win man like picking up amari cooper was like one of the best things you guys have ever done and um yeah like again i'm an again i'm a natural rival because i'm a niner fan but uh yeah, but, but yeah. overall you know I, I love the game of football itself so i mean and i have to agree with um will kane from espn yeah. first take that the nfl season is a lot more interesting when the dallas cowboys yeah, are winning you, you know what i'm saying <laughs> that is we'll, yeah, we'll repeat yeah. this for every fan who's probably turned off the show now uh because we've mentioned uh, this you know this love for cowboys but again the nfl season is so much more entertaining when the cowboys are actually winning you know what i'm saying and that's again we know that we know that your uh your owner loves the spotlight he loves you know what i'm saying um it to be about the dallas cowboys but when that team is on bro like it's again just for me watching the league as a whole it it makes it very much uh, much more interesting. And I uh, I would love to see you guys have like a Cinderella type story where it's like beginning of the year. Oh, we don't know if Dak is even good enough to even play. Jerry needs to step but, down. Dak isn't good enough. Yeah. But Dak is, uh, but you want to know what Dak is? He's committed. Dak is dedicated. He's a hard worker. And he's a, he, he's a, he's a genuine dude. And. He doesn't have to be good enough yet because that defense is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, the, he he has a lot of pieces around him that can carry him. Uh, so I'm not saying that he don't have a future. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but today he ain't good enough, right? I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. But uh, that team that team has potential, man. I, I don't know how far they'll go. Um, you know, there's been a lot of wins that have come by uh, way of luck. But being a Cowboy fan and a loyal Cowboy fan, listen, my youngest son's name is Dallas. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with it for real. Respect. <laughs> you know what I'm Respect saying? Respect right there, so, man. And yeah, that's a, I mean to cut you off on the Dallas part, but you know, I had to mess with y'all about that. But what else do you do? Like um, you were saying that you do in your spare time. Of course, you watch the sports, but uh, anything else you wanted to, um, to lay on the folks? Yeah, um, you know, I... Not really, right? I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, outside of the kids, the fam, sport, you know, it's I'm always I'm working, man. You know, and and it sounds cliche, man, but there you don't have a lot of time on this earth, man. You know, and uh, you know, if we're not traveling and as a family and and just trying to trying to be more cultured and you know 
letting our hair down a little bit, man. We on that grind, man. We just trying to make it happen. Oh man. So, all right, bro. So we got the we got what you're doing. Um, the spare time, obviously, you know your uh, favorite team is the the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, so what type of um what type of music you listen to these days? Yeah. So music is hard for me, man. Uh, you know, it's hard to listen to the radio. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. She's telling me, uh, man. So. When I typically get in the car, man, I turn on iHeartRadio and I listen to ESPN. So, but uh, you know, if I but if I'm a jam out and uh, actually listen to some music, you know, I'm still put. I still got Jay Z in constant rotation. Um, you know, I still got Usher in constant rotation. You know, I feel like I'm stuck in the late '90s, early 2000s, man. Um, you know, where, where when I felt like music was really true. Um, you know, I like what Meek Mill got going on today. I like oh, what Drake got going bro. on. Me. Anytime, anytime Kendrick or J. Cole drop, of course, those are headbangers. You know, Big Sean might catch my attention every now and again, but, you know, and, and, and these other young cats, man, they might drop a track every now and again that works, but as far as longevity, uh, you know, the only cat, new cats that are out, J. Cole, Kendrick, Drake, I mean, outside of that, man, everybody else, I don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we just don't really <laughs> relate, relate to it, I guess. Being a music historian, especially a rap historian, of course, you know, again, that's our time frame uh, that we yeah. that we rolled up on. You know, like when we were just getting out of elementary school, Wu-Tang had already had a name. Uh, you know, Tribe, Tribe Called Quest was on the end. Uh, Buster came out with like the Flip Mode Squad. And, you know, just we come from a time frame where you you had your party uh, records. Music. You had your you had your party records. But you also had lyricism, and and that's what a lot of the kids get um, knocked for today. That they're not lyrical, and there's evidence that you're not lyrical. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I can tell you the difference between us and the young cats, right? Um, so you know, Pusha Pusha still made music. I mean, he don't he, he don't have nearly as much fanfare as he had when we were younger. But not a track like this. And I go grinding. He already know what it is. That right? is the cafeteria. That was the cafeteria yeah, he, anthem. That's the cafeteria joint, right? Where you, where I hit you with a. I'm from Virginia. Where do do cook. You know it, man. You know what it is. So push it. Push it, been dope, man. Like the music's just different, man. There ain't no. I, I, it's hard, man. You know, I don't. I don't want to turn on the radio and hear half the shit I hear, so I just, I don't listen to it. And it's crazy because, you know, my kids, they, they feel about the music today like we felt about it back then, right? And I'm pretty sure my mom, because I remember my mom, I, mean, I don't always listen to this rap shit. Like, I remember her saying it, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I try to avoid sounding like the old dude. But, yeah. You know, when they're in the car, they're like, oh, turn the music up. And I hear them bang out and... I'm like, all right, it's catchy. I get it. I get it. They just ain't talking about nothing. You know what I mean? So it, it is what it is, man. The, the, you know, the cultures change and the music changes. And, and I hope that, uh, you know, the kids are able to, to separate, you know, entertainment from reality. Um, you know, I guess that's my, my, my biggest hope for them. But, you know, outside of that, man, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, just, you know, at least for, at least for me. Um, I don't knock, I don't knock the kids on their music, on the music today. I won't even call it kids. Cause again, there's probably some of them are maybe, maybe five years younger than us that are, that are out right now. Like I give Migos, Migos are probably like maybe five, eight. They probably got five, five, eight years younger than we are. But I mean, they are definitely kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, um, they grown men. 
Yeah. You know, no disrespect to the Migos. Like, I respect that. They don't, from what I understand, they don't really know how to carry a concert, though. You know what I'm saying? And we yeah. we come from a time frame where, you know, people used to go visit. Uh, what was the fest that used to happen? Uh, one the 103 Jams used to throw Jam Fest. Oh, uh, Fest? Or, no, yeah, no. Afran Fest no, or no, Jam no, no, Fest? No, Jam, I think it was just no, Jam no, no, Fest. No. It's, uh, damn, I can't think I of it. I think it was just called Jam Fest, right? Then it used to be called Jam Fest? But but you had to you had to rock the crowd, you know what I'm saying? That energy, like, again, like you see, like how Buster, Buster gets on stage, man, I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Ain't nobody got more energy on a rap stage uh, than, than Buster Rhymes, man. Like, he... Commands, Puff, Daddy, Puff. Oh, he can Daddy. dance his ass off, but that energy that no, Buster no, brings. More energy. Yeah, Diddy, Diddy. Because think about it, like Buster could actually flow. Diddy can't even rap, and he'll go to his concert. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh yeah, he'll keep the people dancing, man. Uh, and he always, he always came with something that made you like, oh, you know, we're gonna do the new, you know, the new uh, Puff Daddy dance or whatever. Like we'd be at like the middle school dances and see him in like uh, that, like that Biggie Total uh, video for Can't You See and try to emulate what you know what he did. And it's just like for me, they they have dances. The shit looks weird to me, but it ain't. It just ain't for us. Like I'm, I gotta remember these kids that are emulating these dances are between the ages of like 13 and I don't know, 20 go 25. Like that one shit, right. like Odell Beckham always does that shit when they, they throw the, the fist up and the kick at the same time. I don't know. The, I don't know these dances. Don't know the name of it. Um, but, uh, that's, that's the shit that's hot right now. When it like, but when it, when it's on, when it's on though, it looks dope. But I just don't see my old ass uh, doing uh, it. Listen, look, look, this shit is dope. I mean, I mean, what, what, what dancers used to do, you know, the Harlem Shake. Yep. You know, that's yeah, yeah that's high school. Yeah, that's high school time frame. But all I, kind of shit, little shimmies. I mean, listen, it, it, the reality is all of this shit is recycled. It's just yeah, of course, ain't nothing, it, nothing it, new. And go through it. Michael Jackson had all these moves before all of us. Yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing new under the sun, man. No, no, sir, no nothing sir. new under the sun, man. So we'll keep it on a keep on a sports thing, man. So what's your uh your favorite NBA team? Yeah, you know, so basketball is different than football for me. Like I'm a Cowboy fan. Like I die a Cowboy fan. Um, you know, basketball. I'm more about the players because I love the sport of basketball. Like I just, you know, I hoop. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I love to watch it. Uh, you know, so I love, I, I love what I love, and I fell in love with Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's just the truth. Kobe uh, Bean. So you know, I rock with the Lakers, and then he left, and and I just rocked with basketball, and then LeBron came back to LA, and I said, you know what? That feels good to me. <laughs> so, so I guess, I guess I'm gonna I'm claim the Lakers and. You know, call call that out, but yeah, really with basketball, I'm, I'm just a fan of the sport. You know, I don't care, I don't care what team it is, man. If you're all out there grinding and and balling and you playing basketball the right way, I, I love to watch it. Yeah, yeah, the game. Um, for I say, um, just to touch on a little bit of what you're saying about the the NBA, I'm a I've been a Bulls fan since I can remember, and I ain't ever left. I'm ups and downs. We just lost by 50 fucking points to the Boston Celtics over the weekend, and I'm still yeah. right here. We I haven't... Coach. I got, yeah. I might as well have zero wins on the year. Y'all not good. Yeah. Y'all not good at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. We got dunk contest winners on the team, but that ain't, ain't going to get us yeah. to the promised land. They ain't going to get you no Ws, though. No, not at all. I mean, he did a nice dunk tonight, and we still lost 
the Sacramento uh, 109 to like 88, I believe. Or, yeah, one of the things, 109-88. And, um, Sacramento sucks. So yeah. A lot. <laughs> exactly, man. We don't, we ain't got, there's not much happening for me, but I want to ask you, um, being uh, an NBA fan, well, a person that loves to play basketball, do you feel like we're putting too much emphasis on the outside shot? No. If you're good at it, do it. The only people that are putting too much emphasis on are people that ain't good at it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Look, we all used to play 21. What you used to do when you got tired? Start launching shots and hoping that one went in. Oh, yeah. But now you got real-life sharpshooters out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got cats that'll pull it up. You know, if, if nobody's in their face, they're hitting it from 30 feet all day. Hey, look, it, 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 it's still fun. Cats are still driving. But what they got rid of is a lot of those, you know, 17, 18-footers. They're gone. That, that's not really in the game anymore. But cats are still getting banged on every night cats is still getting crossed up every night but if they gonna pull it they're pulling it further i mean i just think it's uh it's a beautiful thing to see yeah um like for me i i would love you know they said they do do they say like it's basketball a lot softer than it was that kind of like the nba that we um came up came up on I would have to. I'd have to agree. And Kobe has said the same thing. Kobe and Shaq have had that that conversation when they were. Kobe was on Shaq's podcast, which is very uh, can be very. Fun. That's a fun podcast to, to to listen to as well. If you ever get a chance to check that out, um, I sure will. Yeah, they do. They do games and stuff like that. But you know, they also Shaq will talk. Um, you know how he feels about things that's going on in the league, and he just feels like you know a lot of these guys are very soft, and you know. He still hates the Dwight Howard to this very fucking day for being compared to him as Superman. Far from, yeah, far from it's Superman. It's a horrible comparison, man. It's a horrible comparison. Jack is a he is a Mack truck. Dwight Howard, man, soft as pie, man. Yeah, I and well, I again, uh, we live in a very uh, sensitive climate, but uh, supposedly, you know, he got that trans, that transgender shit going going on. We don't know what. Uh, what to what to make well, of it? Listen, here's all I would say about it. You know, power to the man, man. If you if you get if that's what you do, yeah. I mean, if that's what you're into, yeah. Don't 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 live in that closet, though, man. Yeah, don't live in that closet because you know. And a lot of times, cats get confused. Like, oh, man, you don't like gay people, and you homophobic. Nah, nah, nah. Really, I don't care. Yeah, do you? Bro. Live your life. Live your best life. Matter of fact, right? Yeah. But don't live in that closet, though. You can't live in the closet, man. Right. You know, so yeah, but it is what it is. I heard the video, man. I know what happened. <laughs> Everybody know. Yeah, man. You uh, the shit wild to me because they said this motherfucker is like a six eleven, like a seven foot bottom. Though that motherfucker too damn. <laughs> that's the shit wild. You know, again, I don't, like like you said, gay, gays, transgenders. I think you all should get the equal rights that you deserve, and and all of that shit. But a but that's a big ass gay dude if he if that's what it is like real shit. I don't know. I'm not saying there should be a height requirement, but damn, if like you suck, that's overpowering, dude. Like a seven foot dude that's like you know what I'm saying into you. Yeah, no, nah, he's that's a. <laughs> Man, you, know, you give me a visual. I don't need to see no more. Yeah, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like that shit, wild, bro. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like we said, man, Dwight, man, you know, hey, oh, much respect. You're not playing basketball like you used to. 
um, so anymore. So whatever you whatever you got to start working on your a business that's gonna last um, past basketball. Kind of like what LeBron doing. I gotta give mad mad props to LeBron going, yeah, LeBron going out. Too, oh yeah, Listen. shit. He's averaging twenty eight points. Huh? He's averaging twenty eight points, man. The niggas, the niggas, damn near what thirty four. He'll be thirty four this month. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, listen, LeBron's a dog, man. Um, I think I think he's a gold standard of what it means to really be an athlete. Um, he has all the bases covered, right? Um, yeah. You know, he's he's come in, you know, he's shown what it, what it means to be a family man, stand-up dude. You know, he got his wife, he got his kids, and, you know, you know he, he, he stays off the headlines, and he, he, he allows his brand to, to impact the community, and, you know, he, he, he's unapologetic about being himself. So I got a tremendous amount of respect for LeBron James. I get frustrated when people try to say he's the best basketball player ever. There we go. That's <laughs> why I wanted you to deal. There yeah, we go. Yeah, Perfect. I, mean, I get I get I get frustrated when I say it when I hear it because here, here's the truth though. I mean, I think it's all about you know, what you like as far as the style is concerned, man. But you know, I mean, listen, LeBron LeBron is a dog. He is an absolute animal. You go to eight straight finals, can't nobody say shit about you. You are an amazing athlete. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he don't have that one thing, that killer instinct to say. You know, if I if I needed you to be better than somebody right now I need you to do it and now uh, he's starting to develop it I ain't gonna lie but he ain't always had that at all. I think he's the third best player of all time and that's it and I think that that's still a high compliment somebody told you you're the third best person to ever do something in the entire world that's not a shot at you that's a compliment huh. alright now run <laughs> you know it down run it down for me you got him as third 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 best player so run number one the third best player of all time is LeBron James Number one. Second best, second best player of all time is Kobe Bean Bryant. Right. Let me, let me tell you why Kobe's better than LeBron. Kobe is better than LeBron because Kobe was smaller than LeBron. Kobe, when he won championships, he did it against better competition than LeBron did. Listen, LeBron, LeBron has went to all these finals, but the reality is, if he played in the Western Conference, he wouldn't have went to that many finals. Kobe Bryant went to three straight finals in the Western Conference against Tim Duncan and his I want to say that again. Kobe Bryant went to three straight finals in the Western Conference against Tim Duncan in his prime, who was the best power forward to ever play it. And his second best player on his team's name was Paul Gasol. I don't want to, like, what are we talking about? Like, I don't know what we're doing. He dropped 81 points in a game a month after he dropped 63. And then on his way out, just to say, remind y'all motherfuckers, don't ever forget, I'm going to give you 60 after tearing my Achilles and being damn near 100 million years old. The drive. Man. You understand? Yeah, the <laughs> drive. That dude's drive is just unbelievable, man. Uh, uh, Kobe's drive was... He's my favorite player to ever lace him up, man. I, I, I love Kobe Bryant. He was just nasty, but... dude. Like the way And the way his game... Uh, progressed throughout the years, um, and 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 he kind of trans, you know, he transformed that game. Um, obviously, you know, when we when, when he first came in, he was uh, high flying, you know what I'm saying, always oh, yeah. above the rim, 
and then oh, he, he and he learned that uh, that fadeaway shot towards like the end of the end of his career. Put you on my back, fadeaway. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And like for and the way he went out last game. I mean, granted, of course, the other team was like letting them do it, but I mean, he was they weren't right. shooting for him. They weren't shooting for him. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They might have allowed him to get some shots off, but they weren't shooting for him. That was that was all Kobe, man. That was all Kobe. Yeah. Girl. I don't care how many times he shot it. None of that matters. Oh, uh, he's he's the listen. I don't care, man. Kobe Bryant is he 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 was just incredible to watch. You knew every single night you were gonna get his best, and it was it was just amazing to see. And then the greatest basketball player of all time is Michael Jordan, man. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, man. It, it, there's no question. I don't know how people dispute it. Um, you know, MJ won three straight finals. Quit basketball, played baseball, came back and won three straight. Um, he, he, he transcended the sport. Yeah, he had players before him that, you know, became, you know, kind of icons like Dr. J and, you know, Larry. Listen, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. People still will shoot each other dead in the street for this man's shoes, and it is 2018. I want to put that in perspective for you. He was drafted in 1984, okay? You understand? Yeah. He was drafted before I was born. He was drafted before I was born, and people still acting a fool over this man's shoes today. Now, some of these people know what they're doing. Some of them don't, but that just... You talk about an impact like that. The only other person who's had a greater impact on sports than Michael Jordan is Tiger Woods. That's it. And it's not even close. Yep. It's not even close. But you see what community they come from. Hey, you already had, what I tell you about that secret sauce, man. <laughs> you I know, you it's it. like, again, just that influence that, again, that we have, man. And then you would take, let's go, go, we can go back to. Uh, what's the one shorty from Fox News and she told LeBron to shut up and play like we're good we're good as long as we're playing right we're good as long as we're uh, we're putting people in the stands and doing we're shucking and jiving and playing you know doing all these shots but as soon as we voice something you know as far as how we feel or the lack thereof that uh, you know our community gets in in comparison to others uh other community or let's really just call it what it is uh white people with um <laughs> right. yeah yeah with rights you know what i'm saying like again it's not uh one of one of my um one of my close friends uh explained uh broke broke it down for me like just be the rights are like or you know white some whites people white supremacists think their rights are like pie just because I get my share doesn't take anything away from you. You know what that I'm saying? Is, but listen, I say it all the time. White people, you do not have to be afraid of black people. We don't want nothing of yours. You're good. You can still have it all. The only thing that's going to happen if black people start to be better is that everybody is better. That's just how yeah. it works, man. That's just that's what it's going it to be. Works. Like, 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 there's not going to be some sort of revolution where we're going to just go and kill all the white people. Like, if that was going to happen, black people would have been did that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, listen, despite everything we've been through, you know, we're not built like that. Our, our hearts are not built like that. We are the most forgiving people on this planet, man. All we want is our share. And it's be. like, hey, 
while we out here trying to get it. You know, let's get it. You know, you have black people in interracial relationships. You have black people that own companies that hire white people. You have black people that play for white owners on sports teams. I mean, listen, we, we are integrated, man. We are here. We're not going nowhere. So let's stop with this. If you are a, a, a white supremacist or a racist, just look in the mirror and say, why? Why? Why do I hate them? What did they do? If anything, they should hate me, and they don't. So what's the problem? Exactly, man. We ain't never enslaved your people, man. No, you know, not at all. Your children, alligators. And they so. hate that. Some and some white people hate when you bring that shit up, man. Like they want you. It's so funny. Like some some white people, not all white people. And yeah, let's be clear on that. So uh, of course. I can't I can't remember what comedian said this, right? There's white people and then there's white people, right? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 when I say white people, I don't mean all white people. Yeah. I mean no white people. Exactly. Like, no white people well, I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? It's like where they, um, I lost my damn train of thought. I was about to break, break down with that shit. Uh, fuck. <laughs> fuck it. It's all good. <laughs> I'll, it'll come it'll come back to me man um we'll just yeah, let's continue moving forward with that um yeah we'll just continue moving forward with the interview it'll come back to me fucking we'll jump jump back into it and i'll just have to copy copy paste it and all that shit so you know again we're getting kind of you know, roughly roughly close i'm gonna get some of this last leisure shit and then uh we'll get into like um the like closing closing questions but uh all right three uh, again you music connoisseur Listen, listening to music ever since you know what I'm saying. Again, we was look, we were little. Name three classic albums you have in your collection. Just mm. only right. three of them. My way by Usher. Right. Uh, no way out. P Diddy and the Family. All eyes on me. Tupac. And I gotta have Blueprint and now. You said three by yeah. four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I'll go. I'll give you three in return. That kind of. I, the, I'll give you the childhood classic albums, the ones that affected me, uh, the the ones that stand out to me the most in like from from elementary, from me moving to Virginia to to graduation. Um, okay. Yeah. The uh, DMX is dark as hell is, and hell is hot. Yes, yeah, sir. The first the first time I heard that, who was I with? Mac Hughes. I was over okay. his house because I couldn't play <laughs> that shit. So we used to bang that shit. Yo, that, I, I'm telling you, when that fucking Rough Riders anthem hit, that shit, <laughs> that shit was, that shit was made, that shit was major, man. Like, I, well, if really the first time we heard him on, uh, what was the, um, at least first time I heard him, like, that was raw, was that the locks joint, uh, Money, Power, Respect. And, yes, like, you know, of course, he had the, you know, he had the anchor verse, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, he went last or whatever. And, and I just heard him, you know, 24 left until my death. And it's like the way he came on his energy. I was just like, I, I was in love. I, I love the energy that X brought to a track. You know what I'm saying? And then the entire. He, 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 tra- he, gave, he gave his soul on a. Everything, uh, man. You felt. Every song he you made, felt man. that shit, bro. So DMX is dark as hell is hot. I'm going to have to fuck with you on the Jay-Z blueprint. Um, yes, sir. Uh, cause like when, the first, the what is the, what is the joint, the standout joint on that album for you? Ah oh, man, that's a hard question, man. I got because two. I got two joints. I, the reason it's the greatest album of all time for me is because I didn't have to skip anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? The only track I skip over really is Girls, Girls, Girls. Cause I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> 
That you but, um, you got girls, girls, girls. Mine is jigger, jigger, that nigga, jigger. I do no, not. No, I'm saying, I'm saying the one I would skip over. Yeah, that's what, and that's the one I would skip. Only track on that. I, oh, that's the one you didn't like. Jigga, I do jigga, not forget. Jigga. I don't like that. I don't like that track masters shit. No, that was too. I, don't, I felt like that was the only track that did not fit the mood of that album. Of the album, yeah. I mean, look, I'm gonna tell you so. It's, it's ironic because usually with Jay, my favorite tracks of him aren't going to be the features. But um, you know he had he had M on Renegade, and it was just such a dope track because they just it was there's not a whole lot of lot of, lot of, lot, of, lot of smoke and mirrors on that track. It's just straight bars, man. And uh, him and M, man, they just kind of went. In. Uh, I'm with that track. So that's my favorite track on the album. But yes, from start to finish, man, it's just that the album was a vibe, man. Yeah, you just rock it out. You know what I'm saying? M M fucked him up on his own shit. J shit was still dope, but M was just that fucking raw. I hate it. You know, I hate the fact that Eminem's features are better than his albums. Well, that's the thing when you're a true MC. Because here's the thing. I mean, Eminem used to. You know, I think. He, I, I could be mistaken, but he might have been the first rapper to go diving, right? So, right. you know, M, M was a different kind of cat, man. He uh, His appeal was, was widespread. And even though, you know, what he would do when he was rapping for the culture, you know, because, listen, man, he, he he white, man, but you know where he from, right? He from yeah. the deep, man. Like, it is what it is with him. So, but when he rapping for the culture, that's when he's on, on these features and he's just giving it that raw. But when he's making albums, you know, he's appealing to the masses and it was just different. So, you know, I always gave him a free pass for that because if he was hopping on your chat, man, he was giving you nothing but fire. Like, I've Dope. never seen him hop on something and fuck it up. He's man. He retarded. It you. I loved it. Did you hear his 11-minute uh, freestyle he did recently? Yes, sir. Yo, he's, <laughs> yes, sir. he's retarded, yo. Like, I don't... He's not of this planet, man. Like, again, I know Wayne be talking about he ain't from this planet, but Eminem uh, is yeah, on some yeah, other, yeah, some yeah, other yeah, shit. Eminem is the worst, man, man. That's what he do. Yeah, but my joint off the blueprint, that get, it's for as soon as it hit, that shit had me. Ain't no love in the heart of the city, man. Like, that... That fucking sample is just dirty, yeah, that's dude. Just dope. That sample, bro, like, and again, you know, this came, you know, that album came out like right after nine, the day of nine eleven, if I'm not mistaken, it came out on on nine eleven, and like I just with everything that was going on and Buff, you know, you I know you remember Buff, I used to live out um, BG. Um, hey, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta tell me about yeah, Buff. Yeah. Listen, I'm a, funny, funny story about Buff. We ain't gonna use his real name, so I can tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure him. Well, so him. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell the story for the podcast, but we had some fun. Me, Buff, Pug, Mac. We had some fun. Yeah. You, you, you might just have to shoot a group text out to them one night, man. Get the story on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. But Buff, Buff was so funny about Buff. Buff gave me a copy. He let me record. <laughs> he let me make a tape. This is how back. This is how far back it goes. I'm making a fucking cassette tape of the blueprint. That's how far oh, back wow. this shit go, though. He he had it. He's like, yo, I'm gonna let you get it, and then just bring it back to me when we get to Miss Handy's class in English. So I'm just. Again, I made the I made the cut, and then you know I gave it back to him, and that's how I got the blueprint. And I played that bitch out, dog. Like, um, yeah, like that, and what well, that ain't the heart of the city shit hit, man. I, that sample, 
That sample's nasty, dog. Bobby Bland, uh, the sample is just, that shit was retarded. Kanye. I have to play that shit in the background, man, as I go to sleep tonight. Yeah, that unknown, that unknown producer, super producer Kanye was doing this, uh, doing this thing. Um, yeah, and then he, he was a dog, man. And then of course. Kanye is amazing. Yes, sir. And of course, my last album that, again, you mentioned it earlier, um, the Cafeteria Anthem, fucking Lord Willing. Clips like oh, yes. that was Clips. that was and I give him and my honorable mention since you gave four the Neptunes uh presents the clones album that was like okay. that yeah, was like that was my after we graduated like between me going to the, the the Air Force album right there I used to play that shit out my little brother would ride in the car with me we'll drive wherever and whether we run to McDonald's or run to Chesapeake Square. I was bumping that uh, that Nelly joint if off of that. I I just thought that like the Neptune's sound was just like on um, monumental for me, and still to this day I'm impacted as a music producer by Pharrell. And like it it doesn't hurt that you know what I'm saying they're from our area, so it's like oh, you know yeah. you're proud <laughs> you're proud the to say that shit. Dance from Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Superstars of every arena. Oh yeah, man. Not, not even just Virginia, Tidewater specifically. You know what I'm saying? We gave you Alan Iverson, we gave you Percy Harvin, we gave you Pusha T, we gave you uh, Pharrell, we gave you Missy Elliott, you gave you Timberland. What's up? You know what I'll I'm go saying? back even like, further. We gave you, you want, Bruce man. Smith. You know, anything you want, man. We got it. We, we gave you Michael Vick. What's up? We gave you Bruce Smith for Tech Mobile no. right there, there man. Like, you know what I'm saying? So now we just, it, it, it's an amazing, uh, you know, area of talent, man. The, like, the first time I heard the song Virginia, it was at the end of, uh, was it, at, it wasn't at the end of Grind, it was at the end of, um, what video was it? Um, the one, the one, the second single that they had out that shit, when the last time you heard it like this, yeah, that shit, when the last yeah, time. Yeah. And they played Virginia at the end of that bitch. I was like, what is that fucking, what is that fucking sound, yo? And the way the snares hit, like, when that album hit, dude, us, you know, when that shit come on, Pharrell be like, you ready to do this, nigga? You ready to come down here? (laughs) You ready to do this, nigga? Yeah, yo. Listen, nah, I'm going to tell you, you know, me and Mac, man, uh, senior year, uh, going up to the Nazareth, we just, uh, that was, that was the, that was the, the album that was the anthem you know what i'm saying and before we went to school every day we played that shit they just heard we was in the car vibing i'm from virginia you know what i'm saying because yeah. it, was, it was a lot of pride in that man and you know it's something about you know va man i mean obviously you know new york cats love where they from atlanta cats love where they from cali cats everybody i know they they, they love their home man but you know, that 757, man, was just, it felt like an island. And I think it was what, what made it such an interesting place is there are so many military brats out there. So you didn't have that, you know, my family's from here and all of that type of stigma. So everybody we just made it our own, man. Virginia yeah. is our shit, you know? Yeah, man. Like, that shit is, you know, that, that album is just, it's just always, it's always going to be classic for me. Like I love like the other albums they came out with, but none more, none more, oh, man. Yeah, Lord, Lord, Lord Willen was the one. Like I mean, the, listen, I mean, they dope, but Lord Willen was the album. 
that grind when I'm telling you when grinding hit, man, I was just like, yo, they're from they're from Virginia Beach. I said, what? That close? Like eleventh grade? Then that then that Harlem Shake shit was big, bruh. High, that made high that made high school so much fucking fun. Um, like wait, we do that for I, I of course I'm the one banging on the tables. I was again I was the beat maker. Um, at yes, at lunch, Pug was Pug was getting the cipher. And do it. Shout out, you know. Shout out to Rich, man. Shout out to you know, okay, Brown Water Porter, man. That that mixtape is coming. The mixtape is coming. Y'all y'all look out for that shit. My man is coming. He got some shit to say. And um, oh yeah, oh yeah, man. Businessman, uh, you know, artist, uncle, you you name it, man. Son, he's uh he's ama- he's amazing, bro. Love you, bro. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just that, you know, those high school days was fun. That was like that. And that's, I always kept that, that way, um, of making music to this day for like, when I come up with like a drum pattern is I have to be at like the cafeteria. Cause that's where I felt like I'm, it's the most genuine, um, sound, you know what I'm saying? Just to get that vibe and to get people going with it, man. Like to see, to get people moving. That's, that's really what, you know what I'm saying? Ain't you know aim to do, but that's I mean, for that's what music's about. Yeah, that's what yeah, about, so yeah. That's for a whole a whole another thing, man. But of course, before we before we get out of here, man, what do you see yourself in uh, five years? Ooh, man. Um, so you know, I, I hope you think I was bullshit when I said this earlier, man. This make Africa home again. Okay, movement's gonna be bigger than the NAACP. Yes, indeed. And um, you know, that's that's the only way that I conceptualize things you know i don't i don't shoot for the fences or swing for the fences i shoot for the stars you know what i'm saying right i mean so so in five years you know what i would have the hope to accomplish um i would have hoped to have brought enough donors together to have bought um land and property over in africa to where we have would have put together at least 10 trips back and forth between America and Africa with business entrepreneurs that are going to Africa to connect with the motherland, to get resources for their businesses, to bring back to the States so we can start building these communities. So 10 trips on chartered flights from here to Africa with land and properties owned already in Africa. In five years, that's what I hope to accomplish business-wise. On a personal scale, in five years, my 15-year-old would have graduated. Both of my 13-year-olds would have graduated. And uh, my 11-year-old will be on her way. Um, I will be uh, knocking on the door of uh, you know my late 30s, approaching 40. Um, so I would have hoped to you know, just uh, gotten, gotten all those uh, kids in college, man, and you know, just... Uh, Get out of debt, man. Yeah. Who wants to have that? Shut that yeah. shit. So no debt, 10 charter flights and property over in Africa. Yes, sir. That's the goal. Much, That's the much respect, much respect. Last question, man, before I let you go. Um, what legacy do you want to leave for your family? You know what you want to do as far as like the movement goes, but right. like what legacy do you want to leave for your family? What do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. Um, and I've learned that, you know, your time can come any day. And I, and I want it to be said that, you know, when that, when, when that bell rings on Jason Fitch, man, I want it to be said that, uh, you know, he, he, he changed the world. You know, he, 
things. I want to change the world, and I, and I want to start with the communities in which I come from. Right. All right, man. Um. All right. Well. Um. Of course, man. You know, I've had a blast doing the interview, bro. You know, we could talk. You know, we got the chemistry. It seems so we can talk for hours. You know what I'm saying about oh, yeah. just, just about anything. So I definitely love to have you back on. You know what I'm saying? To come on come on to a podcast, man. Like depending on you know the topics that we do each week, especially the locker room, so we can definitely defend the cowboys against oh, yeah, anybody. We can, chop, we, can, we can chop it up about anything you want. I am yeah. my cowboys. You're gonna host that oh, yeah. you'll see it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But like just ran anything or like but even the two cents, that's two cents, you know, that's the one where I cover like uh any uh any main topics that's going on within like within the week or just going on at the time. But uh, yeah, more than you're more than welcome, brother, to come back on for that one. But like, wanted to say I appreciate you allowing me, man, to be one of the first to uh, to you know to kind of get an inside uh, look at what you're uh, intent to do um, for the world, man. This shit is like this shit is major, dude. It's, it's global, and and I, I look forward to the day when it you know it comes into fruition. And um, like I said, like I said before, man, proud of you, bro. Uh, love you, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying like it's uh, uh it's, it's wild to see um you know to look back on your life and where you started out just playing as little kids and then now you have little kids that are out. But right. some of them are playing. Some are inside. <laughs> uh, that's uh, these kids today tend to be more more inside. But just to see the fact that you know we shift, we become our parents in a sense. As to where we were at that point in time and just how we're moving and trying to, you know, put our families in better positions for success. And um, and success is defined by by you. You know what I'm saying? It's not defined by how much money you have. It's not defined. You, you know what I'm saying? So, like, seeing my just seeing my kid do whatever she wants to do with her life. That, to me, is success. That's I provided. You know, I provided that. Like, again, you talk about, you know, the D. That My kid lives in Detroit right now. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, again, just making sure her and her mom are straight. That's really all, uh, you know, all, all I care all I care for, man. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just proud of the man that you, you become. And, um, and as far as, like, contact information, how would you... Uh, you got any contact information you want to give to the to the listeners? Yeah, man. So, uh, so the the uh, website is uh, Uh Visit the website. Join our email list. Um, the blog is coming soon. Uh, like John said, man, we we're at the infancy stage, so uh, we're building this thing up. Um, the uh, Instagram page is uh, is Richie Fitch and uh, Maha underscore Inc. Uh, so, you know, check us out, man, and uh, join the movement. Like I said, you'll see right now we have hats for sale, but we're not a hat company, man. That's just uh, we have to be able to bring this money uh, to the table to be able to kind of see some of these dreams manifest. But yes, um, once we get this train rolling, it's not going to stop, man. Yes, indeed. You got anything left you want to say to the people before you, um, before you close out? Nah, listen, uh, just go out there every day, man. Be your best. You know, support each other. Um, you know, go out there and talk to somebody. Make, make it a mission every day to say hi to at least five different people and ask about their story. Be curious. Learn what people are about and what they stand for. And that's what's going to make everybody better. All right. Well, you already know this is Romy Mack. 
um this is an interview with rome another another great episode be sure to check it out on youtube and itunes and uh, of course we interviewed jason and with uh make africa home again and we out